On this week's episode of the Devil's Advocates podcast, we recap the Western Canada road trip, talk about team injuries, and what is going on with our defensemen. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's start the show. Welcome to episode two of the Devils Advocates podcast, your official, unofficial podcast of the New Jersey Devils. I am your host, Jeff Belinsky, here with my co-host, Joe Riccardelli. Jersey Joe, what's up? Not much. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, this past week, we saw the Devils go 1-1-1 one, one, and one on their Western Canada road trip. Um, as predicted. As, as predicted right here on this podcast by you yourself. Um, <laughs> you said that you would be happy coming away with three points on this uh, three-game swing. Uh, you still feeling that case after seeing the games? Yes and no. So that that whole trip, I wanted to see us have a dominant win, and I didn't see that. So I, I assumed we were going to lose to either Calgary, Edmonton, and probably win against Vancouver, um, even though I knew Vancouver was going to be a tough game. So I didn't. I, I would have liked to see a more dominant win, but I didn't get that. So basically, just to recap, we had a 2-0 win against Vancouver, got routed by Edmonton 6-3, and then lost in the shootout to Calgary. I really, if, if we were going to win, I wanted to see one of those 4-0, 3-0, 5-2 games where we completely dominated. Instead, the only reason we won the Vancouver game was because of Corey Schneider, and that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But other than that, just in terms of straight point percentage, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the trip. Yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. You know, you can't be too upset um, saying that you're going to come out of three points with this, but I also agree that the team dominance wasn't necessarily there. And this is something we kind of touched on last week as well, where it was just, you know, it seemed like they started the season a little bit hotter, a little more dominant um, than they have. Uh, since, uh, but I think they kind of showed a little bit at that at the start of the Calgary game. But other than that, of these three games, that, that sense of their control of the game just really wasn't there. Yeah, and and what you're seeing more and more is the defense playing competently, but then just having these ridiculous laps, lapses in judgment, and it's always a goal against the goalie almost never can save those because they're so egregious. And then you end up, I think with Calgary, we had two or three of those where you had a puck thrown to, to no one at the point and they had a breakaway, or it was thrown to the middle of the slot to a Monaghan or a Gaudreau who had a wide open shot in the slot. And that's what I'm starting to see more and more of in these games. And it's frustrating because 50, 55 minutes of the game beyond that, they look fine. They're competent. But then you see those lapses, and it's just its a frustrating way to lose, especially against Calgary. Last night, we, we should have had Calgary. I don't think they deserve to win that, and so it's frustrating to lose with the coin flip that is the shootout. But like I said, it's something to go home with three points, and I think a lot of the problems we had are fixable, so I'm not too, too worried. And we have a crap ton of injuries, which I know we're going to get into in a little bit. So it, it's... I'm kind of just even keel right now. I'm just, eh, it was, it was okay. It yeah, wasn't great. It, it, it wasn't is kind of crazy how the points work where if either Wood puts in the penalty shot at the end of regulation or Kincaid makes an extra stop in the shootout, we put in another goal. 
coming away with four points, we probably have a much different mindset than coming away with three. Um, but also something that you touched on was like the chances that the Devils are getting on offense are nowhere near as dangerous as the chances that they're giving up on defense. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be like that they're capitalizing on a lot of these not so much lucky goals, but you know, low danger percentage um, shots that they're taking. Like you look at the Brat goal against Edmonton or Green or Gibbons from the the short wall against Calgary. <laughs> like these are the goals that are going in for us, and the goals that were are getting scored on us are amazing chances in front. I think you know several times in the game against Edmonton, we left uh, McDavid wide open between us and the net, and that should never happen. Um, it just you know it's something that is is not promising going forward. We talk about sustainability with this team. Um, we're not going to survive on those type of chances and giving up uh, much worse chances on the other end. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, and I mean one of the best examples was last night. We're on the penalty. We're on the power play, and uh, I forget who it was from Calgary, but they get out of the penalty box for some reason. Kincaid doesn't slap his paddle. No one knows that he's there. Calgary gets the puck and just flings it down. He's, he literally has about 30 feet of open ice between him and any Devils players. And he's a wild... I think it was um, Bennett. And, and luckily, Kincaid stopped that and the rebound. But still, like that's that's happening on a consistent enough basis where it warrants some sort of concern. And yeah, and, and it's just as again, simple I, as let's keep ourselves between our, our guys in the net. Like, you know, just, yeah. just body up somebody. Um, just a lot of defensive lapses, it seemed like. Some, something that kind of stuck out to me, it seems like it's more of a system thing than anything I could point to any one particular player or defenseman um, in particular because it, it seems to be like a team mentality where they're gambling on these chances along the boards. We're not exactly like trying to put ourselves in there. We're trying to just you know poke the puck away and kind of go around them. And it seems like before we even have the puck, guys are starting to skate down towards the offensive end and we're leaving this space in between ourselves and the goal, and the the opposing players are just falling right in there, in between there, and just getting these amazing opportunities um, that luckily our goalies seem to be making most of the time. But uh, oftentimes you can't even fault them for letting some of the ch- chances they have had in. Yeah, that actually is something I've noticed as well. Um, one of one of the recurring examples I see is when. We're, the other team's on the rush. For some reason, we have either our right D or our left D pinch along the boards with the forwards, leaving um, either the left D or the right D, whoever's left, just by himself in front of the net. And somehow, they always have an opposing player that will come around the other end, or they'll have two players come at that one D man who's left, and you'll have, say, Andy Green or, or Lovejoy in front of in front of Schneider. They'll pull off to cover that one guy, and then they don't realize there's another guy coming right around the other end. And he almost always has this weird, like sharp angle, wide open shot that is almost if it's a one timer, it's gonna get scored on. And Kincaid had it happen at least two or three times, and I know they scored at least once with that. It's definitely a system issue because I don't think our defensemen are enough or fast enough to really keep up with the tempo of the forwards, and so you're getting a lot of mismatches. I think Hines is trying to fit this. Young, I don't want to say slow, but just young, underdeveloped defense with this super ha- the super fast, high-octane offense, and it's causing a lot of issues, and I think they're becoming more pronounced now that teams are settling in more. Because in the beginning of the season, it was okay. It was high-flying hockey, all, both ends of the ice, and we were fine because that suits us. But now that we're playing you know, Calgary, one of the best defenses, we're playing 
Vancouver, who weirdly has one of the best like team systems in the NHL, and you're seeing those 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 holes in the defense just become much more apparent. Luckily, it's fixable, like I said, but I, I don't want to see it going forward, and I feel like we might just for a little bit until things get get fixed a little bit. I mean, I think all of us would give up a little bit of defense for a little bit more offense, especially, you know, in years past, we haven't had that, you know, offensive firepower. Um, but it seems like the way that we're trying to get these chances in these later games is much different than we were in the beginning of the season. It seems like the beginning of the season, we had crisp passes through the neutral zone, you know, entering the zone with the puck up on, on our sticks, not necessarily just trying to, you know, chip it past the guy on his offensive end and get a, a little bit of a two-on-one going the other way. We were kind of building you know, our own game rather than just kind of reacting to what the other team is doing. And that's what it seems like it is. It seems like they're reacting to the things that are happening in front of them rather than predicting what the, what the other team is going to do. Um, and I think yeah. it's really burned them these last two games. I think one, you know, emphasis I want to put on is like I've just a, a goal that I watch a lot of the replay of uh, was the first goal against in Edmonton where we're on the penalty kill. Gibbons kind of gets you know, locked up along the boards between a guy, has to skate around the guy on offense, um, passes it down the board. Santini goes out from the net um, to get the guy on the boards, um, which leaves Green in the middle and Henrique kind of in no man's land. And between him are Kajula and McDavid. McDavid gets the puck wide open. Green stays on Kajula, leaves McDavid alone. And he somehow still gets to pass through because he's Gunnar McDavid, and they score the goal immediately. <laughs> but, you know, I don't understand why we're having these type of breakdown. Like, we should just be staying at home, let the play develop, see what's going to happen instead of just chasing, you know, the chances along the board, these kind of 50-50 pucks that we're not really getting, um, and to just get these opportunities. So that's something that I kind of want to see the team take steps to improve upon. I don't know if that's part of John Hines' game plan or, you know, if it's just a symptom of – the injuries that we've had or the inconsistencies on defense, but um, I th- that's something that's really kind of stuck out to me as a, as a trend these last few games, and it's lo- something that I definitely want to see the team improve upon. Yeah, and you made a really great point that reminded me of something I want to talk about was I want to know why we decided to play the dump and chase against the uh, Martin Brodeur incarnate and Mike Smith last night because <laughs> – Every single time we dumped it, before it even reached behind the, the goal, Mike Smith had it and was flinging it towards towards our own net. Like every every single time, we never gained control of the puck through the dump and chase. And I don't remember a single time where we tried carrying the puck over the blue line. And that's something we used to do. We we all realized and we all kind of were able to recognize that we weren't doing dump and chase more. We were bringing it over the blue line. We had enough skilled forwards to do that, and I'm very rarely seeing that. I do think it was a symptom of facing, again, one of the league's best defenses in Calgary. But I also saw them doing it in Vancouver. I saw them doing it in Edmonton. It's just, it's almost like we're settling into a system that isn't really working well for us, whereas before we were high-flying and we were kind of just improvising. And that improvisation is what was causing us to do so well in the first couple of, the first couple of weeks, actually. And then the other thing I, I want to talk about is that we have a lot of in-close goals. For some reason, our defensemen don't score. They don't shoot like Zidlicki from the point. They don't really try to pass or make any plays in the slot. Our offense really revolves around going behind the net and then throwing the puck on net, getting a rebound. I think 
both of of Heischer's rebound or, or assists last night were were from rebounds. They weren't really, you know, passes to someone who sniped it in. It was get a garbage goal off the goalie, hit him, hit his pads, have him knock it out the opposite way, wide open net for the uh, the other side winger. But I've never seen them, you know, pass it to the point where they get a slap shot in top corner, top cheese, you know, from the point. We I don't know if we don't have the talent for that. But we don't even try, and when we do try, it gets I, th- I would or... I would push back against that. I think that they're taking the opportunities. I think a lot of you know Butcher's assists are coming off of shots that he's has going towards the net. I think Severson and and Moore alone take plenty of chances. I even Lovejoy I think got a few on that last night. Um, he had a I, goal. I, <laughs> I yeah, well not 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 from the point, but yeah, he had no. an <laughs> excellent goal on another great Heischer play, uh, which by the way I think his first goal. That's a pass off the pads of Mike Smith. Yeah. There's yeah, no way. No, it's too set up. He's too good of a player. It went perfectly to Hall Stick. He's trying to I mean, he's trying to put it on net, but he's he's trying to put that rebound right there for him. I think he saw he had no options open and I thought it was an excellent, excellent hockey play by him. No, I think I'm just watching too many replays of Tarasenko and I'm just sitting here wishing we have someone who could do that, but Well Taylor Hall does it. I I mean he hasn't done it. In recent games, a lot of the a lot of the goals, like I like I was trying to say before, like the the danger chances that we're getting, it's either a one and done type of thing or it's you know it's not there. Um, Hall hasn't really he's, he showed a lot of patience last night in the game. I thought um, he hasn't really gotten into the slot too much and taking those shots right up the middle. Um, I don't know if it's something that teams are game planning against us or it's not something that we're trying to really push in our game plan, but. Um, you know that's something that seems to be missing. If you look at the the shot charts, which are uh, I think are fantastic on Hockey Reference, um, and you compare side by side to the last three games, it's very obvious that the Devils had a lot of their chances from the outside, um, and very few from the point. Actually, to your point about the defenseman not shooting enough, and the other teams are just you know straight up the middle, totally clogging the lane. These really high danger chances, um, and I, I think it's no surprise you know the way we had the outcome the last two nights. Yeah, and and it's almost like this team is trying out different systems because this what we saw in Western Canada was very different from what we saw in Buffalo. It was very different from what we saw against Tampa Bay. It's just it's it's a young team. I guess you can say we only have three rookies in in Heischer, Brett, and Butcher, but we also have Wood, we have Santini, we have Mueller, who have like a combined what 130 NHL games total. So we we essentially are icing a team full of rookies. And so every day is a learning experience for them. They're learning new, they're learning a new system, learning how to play with different teammates, learning to play it at the NHL level. And you're seeing the results where sometimes we're high-flying devils and we're scoring, you know, 6-2 games, or we get shut out by San Jose 3-0, or we lose 6-3 to Edmonton. It's just, there's, there's no identity to this team yet beyond having a ridiculous offense, which, frankly, I'm okay with at this point. I just don't know where the defense is going to settle in, and I don't know where the goaltending is going to settle in. Because, again, I didn't watch Edmonton, but but how do you feel how Schneider played on on Saturday or yeah Saturday against Edmonton? I, I thought he was fine. Um, I really think there was only one shot, uh, the goal by Clefbaum from the point. It was kind of an odd man rush for Edmonton. They drop it back to the to the trailing uh, player, and he just took a slapper like pretty dead on, no screen in front of Corey. I think that's. Kind of one that I he knows he should have had, um, especially in such a close game. Um, that was really kind of a turning point too, because the Devils had got it back from an O2 deficit. Um, other than that, I think it's a lot of what we were saying. You know, a lot of 
defensive lapses, not just by any single guy in particular, but kind of a team effort where you let an Edmonton gate player get behind both your defensemen, um, and it's not even like they're behind the net and the guy sneaks out in front. We saw a lot of those goals last season where they would just kind of flip it off the boards right in front of the net. Um, these are more just passes getting behind us, and there's nobody there, um, especially nobody fast enough to exactly. really recover for that. Um, but other than that, I, th- I thought Corey played fine. I think he played excellently against Vancouver. We don't get any points uh, unless that, was, that game uh, goes the way it does. Um, based that was on the, the best we game I've seen him ever play in my life. I've never seen uh, him play that he, well. He it was, was unreal. I mean, we all know he's capable of it. Um, I think we were all desperately waiting for the first shutout of the season. Um, to have it kind of sandwiched between that Edmonton game is not leaving you feeling as great, probably. But um, you know, I, his I, stats. Oh, <laughs> his stats changed dramatically. He went from I think a point nine oh nine save percentage to a point nine two one, and then his goals against went from above three to like a two point six from one game. Like that's just yeah, that's well, how probably, good of a game he had. It was you, you're going up against a small sample size against you know however many games. Um, obviously any you know, shutout is going to change those drastically. Um, but, yeah, it is nice to see. Um, just a shame they put in so many on uh, on Saturday against Edmonton. Well, yeah, we're right back, so. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I want to I want to be more positive right now because I sound like I'm just shitting all over them. If, if this team does anything, it's they fight back, and that's something I haven't seen from this team in years. And... Um, I guess I should get my, my biases out there right now. I'm a Yankees fan, and that's something I was saying about the Yankees all year was that they could be down 3 or 4 nothing, bomb of the ninth, and you'd be like, you know what? No, we have a chance. We have a chance to come back. And I had that same feeling last night against Calgary. It was 4-3 with, what, about 10 minutes left? I was like, okay, no, we're going to get back. We're going to get it back, and we did. And then the problem was we were so gassed from trying to get back, though, as we ended up being completely just dead in the water in overtime, and the shootout was a shootout, and we lost it, but not for a minute did I sit there and go, oh, shit, we lost this game. I, I usually tune out or I you know I might just do something else while the game is on because I just feel, you know, we're down to nothing. Nothing's going to happen. It's just going to be a boring game. We're going to lose. I don't feel that this season anymore. And I think that's a testament to all the young, the young guys on the roster. I think it's a testament to this newly evolved Taylor Hall who is light years beyond what he was last year. And even last year he was the best player. So... Uh, it's a brand new team, and I, I like the fact that we are always fighting, and we're just we're never out of it. Oh, it, it's a great feeling. I mean, Eve, last season we went we let on the first goal. We were just like, all right, might as well just pack it in. It pretty much seemed like it was a foregone conclusion uh, if we let the first one in. But this season, even down, like you said, even down 0-1, 0-2, I still feel comfortable. Like we were down 0-2 to Edmonton, um, and I felt fine. I was like, you know, wait till this. You know, halfway through the second period, if we still don't have one on the board, all right, maybe then I'll start to, you know, get a little nervous. But, you know, see how the flow of the game is going. And they came out in the second period like gangbusters, and they really showed something. Um, Even when we're up late in games, I'm not feeling, you know, super nervous. You know, the Ottawa game aside, it's not leaving with any kind of skeletons where I'm still thinking, oh, great, now they're going to give up another lead, you know, this type of thing. They seem... You know, very solid. You know, probably want the empty netters to come a little quickly, like they did um, against Vancouver. But I, I love that feeling because it's definitely something that we didn't have last season. Um, going to the Calgary game, though, how did you, um, how did you feel about the shootout lineup? Do you think that Hall should have been the first one out there after kind of a long shift at the end of OT? That, I mean, 
if he wasn't so gassed, I say, you know, no, Tyler Hall is definitely one of the better shooters. We put him out first, put him out second. No, I have no problem with that. But just in terms of the situation we were in, he could barely skate on that two-on-one with Brad at the end of the overtime period. It's just... Yeah, I, neither I don't of them could skate. I, I would have wanted to see him, you know, pass it back and forth a little bit maybe, um, try and get the defender out of position rather than trying to let something open up. But, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, but he looked like I was like me on the ice, like barely skating, <laughs> barely moving, just out of breath, lugging along. And, and well, well, well while we're on the topic, let me just have a brief uh, side side comment. Uh, it came up during the. I'm also a Yankees fan, I should say. I uh, came up during the World uh, ALCS, and my dad was like pissed at the TV for Gary Sanchez not getting down to first base, like to beat out an infield throw, which is like 15. I know exactly what you're and, talking about too. And, and he goes. <laughs> And he goes, oh, man, I could beat him down there. He's so slow. And I'm like, and he was completely serious. This is something like my dad does where he just over-exaggerates what he can do. And I'm like, Dad, he's a professional athlete. What are you talking about? He's like, well, you could probably beat him down there. I'm like, no, not even not even close. There's no chance of beating him down there. So it, it just, I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off. But, yeah, Taylor Hall going just as fast as, we could probably skate faster than Taylor Hall on that play. That's my dad. Yeah, so. and... and- <laughs> and, and so I, I just don't think he's the best choice but he, who know, we don't know what it's like you know, we're not privy to that information what it's like on the bench Hall could have went no I'm fine for the shootout and he just you know Mike Smith is a, like I said we don't give him enough your praise. favorite goalie I know goal. you said it yeah <laughs> and and in the shootout he showed his stuff the whole game he showed his stuff and he sure should have had that goal I think it was in the second period or the, uh, no beginning of the third period where oh they look like God. a wide open what net and Smith just steal it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a trend with Heischer, apparently. Goalie's just stealing from him. But regardless, the shootout, it is what it is. Stafford scores. Brett could have scored, but Mike Smith just shut his five hole down super quick. And that was the end result. I think. I think what lost it was Kincaid, unfortunately. That last goal should not have been a goal. I, I think I think both of the ones that he went in just right over the glove, I, th- I think those are definitely, yeah. I mean, hopefully he saves one of them, but to get beat twice on the same move and it's being such a simple one, not the best look. Well, Monaghan's goal was a snipe. Like, you can't be mad when that goes in. That was absolutely gorgeous. You, yeah. He had no read on it. You don't know what he was doing. He found... Part of the net that was yeah, open. Yeah, he seemed a little, just... little focused on what the move was going to be. Um, exactly. And they, they just kind of caught him looking twice, which was yeah, yeah. But Stafford, I, he's he has good hands. He he doesn't really show it so much during the game, but in shootouts, he is really. No, he's, good hands. he's definitely a skilled player. I think we saw it on the one kind of iconic um, play by Bre- by Butcher to kind of find him on that one breakaway, and he just kind of that's right tucked yeah. it in. Um, yeah, he, he's looked great. He kind of a little unnoticeable out on the ice sometimes. I know he's kind of been shifting lines around a little bit. Um, I know I saw some lineups for last night had him on the top line with Hall and Heischer, and then it comes out it's actually really um, – he's on the second with Henrique and Gibbons, I think, was over there. No, it was Wood, and then Gibbons slotted think, down to the floor. Yeah, fourth. they kind of slid back and forth. I think Hines was mixing it up a little bit. Um, but I thought that – Nico was probably the best devil on the ice last night, if you ask me. Yes. I don't know what you what you saw. Weirdly, I agree with that, and I think a close second would be Gibbons, who I don't think we've talked enough about. He is 
It's only been one episode, Joe. Come on, give us a chance. That's uh, it's true. <laughs> I just mean even in person or just in the news or anything. Like Gibbons is this Cinderella story. We had an I think appreciation thread on on our devils. What more do you need? Okay. We need more. We need Let's a parade. Let's have a parade right now. <laughs> I well, think he you mean a... leading goal scorer for the New Jersey Devils, Brian Gibbons. Which says a lot more about our forwards than it does Brian Gibbons, to be honest. But still, he is just... No, I mean... It... He's like... He... Keep going. He's our Rudy. <laughs> he really is our Rudy at this point. I've... Yeah. When it should be nowhere... Jimmy Hayes, probably. Um, but Gibbons seems to be filling that role. I mean, he's kind of been in and out of the minor leagues for his entire career. You know, he's... A guy that came in was he on a PTO? I can't remember if we just signed him to a two-way from the start. I think he was in the minors when we brought him up. I think he was supposed to be in Binghamton, but we were like, "Eh, let's yeah. try a training and, camp." And, and you know, training that's camp what you love great. to see. He played his way onto the team, same way Brat kind of did, and they're they're the guys that are performing. It's not necessarily the guys that definitely had a spot. It's these type of you know guys got to prove themselves type of thing, and I love to see it. Yeah, seven goals, two po- uh, two assists for nine points, which is. Ridiculous for a guy who was like a. I mean, if you gave me that on the season, I probably would have took it. Yeah, he has he had five goals last year in sixty games. So to have thought he had five goals in his career. No, he's he's had a little more than that, but it's just in terms of like a full season, he's only had five, which is his career high. (laughs) And so listen for him to be playing as well. All the power to the guy. He's skating his ass off. He's got the hands to do it. He seems to be putting himself in the right place at the right time. Um, You know, and he is getting that. That time on those on those kind of top line minutes, the top PK, um, really kind of showing himself. I mean, part of the reason that he's up on those lines is the injuries that we've had lately, um, both to Kyle Palmieri before we had our last episode, and now Marcus Johansson goes out on I think his first shift in the game against Vancouver, kind of a fluky trip into the boards head first, almost at full speed, and you know it seemed kind of obvious from the start he was concussed. Um, yeah, we knew the second the game, happened. They kind of waited till the day after to tell us. Still no news out that I've heard. I don't know if you've heard anything, but, you know, nope. what do you make of the impact these injuries have had on the team so far? And has it really affected? Is that the reason that they lost the last two games? Well, Mojo, not so much. Because uh, he's, he's been a good death player, but he hasn't been as great as we thought. Just because Brat, Heischer, and Hall have been so just absolutely phenomenal that Mojo really hasn't had room to shine. Um, but losing Palmieri, it's still going to hurt. He was our top scorer last year in, in goals and points, so it's just losing that that kind of an offensive of power on your top line, doesn't matter how well you're doing, that's still going to hurt. And plus now you're having to slot up guys in second and third lines who probably shouldn't be there. And it, it, it it's just it's creating... A messy situation for the Devils, especially now with Mojo out, with Zajac out, with Palms out. You have three top six forwards who are now out, and that you essentially lose an entire second line or even yeah, first I, line, I think depending that, on what you look at. That last point you bring up, where you have guys playing, you know, second and third line minutes that probably shouldn't be, is what's having the biggest impact on the team right now. Like they're still getting the production, they're still putting up the goals, they're still getting points from it, but they're definitely. Nowhere near as deep as they should be with um, Mojo and and Palms out of the lineup. Um, You know, it's not like these guys are really crushing it. I think Johansson's been fine. Um, You know, he had some nice chemistry with Brett to start the season, but I don't think he's really been, you know, blowing me away, especially when I'm expecting him to have, you know, real nice zone entry presence. 
um, and it kind of seems to have not really been there to start the season. Um, but it's because these guys are out now that suddenly the third, the fourth line, which I think the fourth line is still playing well. I think Boyle kind of got a little tired towards the end of these games. Um, Nason's kind of a non-factor. Coleman's, I think, still very effective on the power on the penalty kill and, and the face-off circle. So I like having him there. But, you know, I I don't know how much further we're going to stretch this team before the cracks really start to break. That's, I don't know when the timetable for these guys to return really is. That's exactly what it is. And I think you're starting to see the cracks now. Um, we Santini was out last night and we had four goals against, whereas the nights before we had three goals against and a shutout. Yeah, it was more goaltending, but you can't deny that Santini is probably the best defenseman on the team right now. So not only is our offense spread thin, but our defense is spread thin. And you're shuffling the lines every night. You had Mueller on the top pairing last night where he was a healthy scratch a week ago. It's just, it's like I said, it's a learning experience for not only the young players, but the new players coming in like Stafford and um, uh, Johansson, even though he's injured now. And it's just, there's no, there's no stability right now. And that's why you have these really lopsided teams. Some nights it's been great. Other nights it's been eh, but we're also still nine, three and one, and we're somehow finding ways to win. So I think once the injuries start kind of figuring themselves out as Boyle slots into that fourth line center role and maybe Coleman goes to the wing or something and our lines stay the same in and out, which is not something we've had since probably Yager was on the team. It's going to be something really good for the Devils going forward. I think they're going to have a lot more success and these they're going to tighten up defensively because forwards do have defensive responsibility. If you're on a line with Boyle and Coleman, you know, okay, they're going to be good defensemen. I don't need to stay back as much. But if you're up there with Hall and Bratt, you realize, oh, shit, I'm the defensive player. I need to stand back. I forgot about that. You know, and even during the game when the lines are getting shuffled, there's going to be a lot of confusion, and that's leading to these weird defensive lapses that are causing us to lose these games. Yeah, I, I and think, so I think I was, I was going to say, I think stability is really, you know, one of the key terms that you really put out there is when you think about it, Johansson going down early – in the game against Vancouver, now they're a forward short all night, double shifting guys left and right. Um, going into Edmonton, you know, we go 7-D, we still keep those forward short, more double shifting, don't want to put Nason in. Instead, they opt for um, Proud and Lovejoy, correct? Yeah, I don't I don't. I, don't I can't remember that. if Lovejoy played <laughs> against Edmonton. Anyway, um and, you know, you, you really don't have any sort of consistency on these lines, which is maybe one of the things that I talked about before is this kind of system deal where you're not really putting the onus of a defensive lapse on one particular person because the entire mm-hmm. team's out of position. So if these guys aren't getting the reps in, in practice and in the games with each other on these lines together, how are they supposed to, you know, play well together, obviously? Um, and that's something that we've seen on the defensive end too. Like we're, it seems we have a different defense group every time we go out there. Um, this last time Santini was out, so we had I think the pairings were Green, Mueller, uh, Severson, Moore, and then Butcher, Lovejoy on the third pairing. Who Lovejoy, by the way, I thought played an excellent game last night. I think not 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 necessarily that he should be in the lineup long term, but I think he definitely earned himself another game. Um, at that position because he seemed like one of the more sound defensemen we had on the ice last night. I think he was even at the plus minus is the best stat in the world, but he was a plus two on a team that uh, most of the guys weren't. Yeah, we let him four goals last night. 
So <laughs> it's it's uh, it's just what it is. Is it makes me excited for the future. It makes me because what we're seeing now is that we have the skill. We just need to work on it. Whereas in years past, when you had Jordan Tutu on your top line and you had you know Salvador as your your first offense, your first pairing defense, and you're wondering, you know. What, how are we going to get out of this? How are we going to improve from this? We just need to start scorching the earth and, and building from building from nothing. And that's weirdly what Shiro did in two years. And yeah, every, everywhere pretty surprises. much except it's for just, the defense. It seems like. Where that's yeah, but kinda... then look at Mueller. I mean, I, I kind of talked about this last week where Mueller needs time to come into himself. And then last night he was slotted with Green. And from the eye test, again, I, I, did, I didn't look at the advanced stats for Mueller. I couldn't find any today, but. From the eye test, Mueller was probably one of our best defensemen last night. He's becoming more confident. He's pinching. He's. I saw him carry the puck out of the defense out of our own zone, which I haven't seen him do this season yet. So yeah, but there um, there are also times. Um, I think he did it. He did it a bunch in the Edmonton game. So if you weren't watching that, you wouldn't see it. Where he would carry the puck into the offensive zone or get a pass in the offensive zone, bring the puck all the way around the the net come out looking for a pass, nothing was there, and he had no idea what to do with the puck. Then either one of our forwards was dropping back for the D because we had to get back because we either turned it over or he took a, a bad shot on net. Um, and then they're out of position that way for like almost like little to no benefit for me on the front end where he's kind of going in. I don't think it's really changing. I don't think he's doing something in there that you know anybody else on the team could be doing. Any one of our forwards could be taking that puck in there. Um, and he's not the type of threat where he's really drawing defense defenders to him either. Um, so like, I don't, uh, you might, you might like seeing that out of him, but to me, it's him being out of position and us not recovering on the back end. And it's just not worth the risk right now until he shows me that he can be more confident on the puck or, or being able to find that pass when he comes behind the net, when he just kind of puts his head down and goes in there, he's not really looking for, you know, the opportunities. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, he's definitely still young. I just mean the sense of he used to be, and even watching the tapes from San Jose when he got traded, he used to be like me when I played basketball. I'd get the ball and just be like, nope, I don't want it, and like just immediate throw it to someone. I would never hold on to it, never dribble, never pass it. Or no, I'm sorry, I would just the first thing I do would just pass it and throw it away. And that seemed like what he used to do. I don't do. want so this here. The you puck. have it. Yeah, like I, he's like, I don't know what to do with it. Here, you take it. <laughs> Here, you're my D partner. Here, take it. You take it out of the zone. And even though he's making those mistakes, he's still like his first instinct now is to hold on to it and make a good play and not get rid of it. And no, I, I think of- that there were times last night where he looked like an excellent defenseman. And I thought there were times where he maybe didn't really know what he was doing out there. Um, yeah. There was one particular opportunity that Edmund, um, that Calgary had where he kind of got caught in between stepping up at the blue line and kind of backing off into defensive stance, um, and they got kind of burned right behind it. I, I don't remember if that went to a goal or if it was just, um, you know, the, a, a great scoring opportunity that they had on Kikade. Um But I, I, I see the positives there. It's just I don't – there were a few times in the Edmonton game where he kind of took the puck in a little deep, and I was like, easy, easy kid. Like, you don't really – you're not that type of player. Or just kind of settle down. Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. But he's still, he's actually technically a rookie. He has only 63 games played right now. So for him being a young defenseman, he was a high pick. So he, he, the scouts saw potential. He was 18th overall. He, 
he's gonna come into something else. He's gonna be a good player for us. It's just a matter of what his ceiling is right now, because this is his floor, and his floor is a serviceable third pairing defenseman right now. That's his absolute worst, and he, defensemen really don't get into their primes until they're 26, 27, a little bit later than forwards. And so we have four years of development left before we can say with certainty what he is or isn't. So yeah. just, I just think for you, uh, I did look it up. His Corsi last night was uh, 34.4. Oh, boy. Oh, not, okay. Not good. Well, On 11-4, uh, <laughs> 21 against. Yeah, the oh, only ooh. the only really positive on the on the advance that side for us was the top line of Heischer, Paul and uh, Brat, and then uh, Severson and Moore had very good numbers defensively, but that was pretty much it for the team. Henrique was the worst. Um, sorry, Henrique and Gibbons were the two worst, which is surprising, considering how they played recently. But it doesn't surprise me, given yeah. given how I saw them play last night. I didn't like that second line last night. I'm just gonna be honest. I really didn't. No, it, it, just, it just it didn't click. It it seemed like they were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing who would work because it, yeah, it it was Stafford, Henrique, and Wood, right? It was just kind of yeah. Like I said, I thought it was Gibbons at one point. I think I saw him out there. Might have just been in the middle of a line change, but you know, not many opportunities. Obviously, as we just talked about the Corsi, but they didn't seem dangerous at all. Not to mention whatever Jimmy Hayes and Brian Boyle were doing out there, they seemed to be really invisible. Well. What we tried to do it was a big third checking line with uh, Hayes, Boyle, and Zaka, and it they were just too slow. Like they would try to hit, and the, the, the Calgary's like, um, "Yeah, you can try to hit me. But I'm just going to skate past you because you're so slow." And every time, it just didn't matter. They were just they were big, but they were just too slow to really do anything. Yeah, That's why I think it, we it, it didn't really work with up. the matchup. I thought I thought Zaka was fine. I, I think he had some good stick work. It led to a great opportunity for Gibbons uh, at one point on the four check. Yeah, he, he didn't game. really stand out to me as somebody that was super slow. Um, but yeah, when you put him on the line with those other guys, it's it's really hard to do something when it's you know yeah. not everybody all for one. You don't want Zaka being your fastest skater on the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, or the no. smallest. No, probably he was the smallest not. guy on the line too at six three, like two twenty. He's the smallest guy. Just, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take I'll take that one. But definitely don't want him to be the fastest. Yeah, that's like the Devils are old. That's like ninety five Devils, <laughs> Stevens and Dano. Zaka and Boyle and <laughs> Jimmy Hayes just banging bodies. Yeah, just uh, too bad we can't win any puck battles, though, it seems like. Even with all those big bodies, we're still losing the battle for the puck along the board. So I don't I don't know how effective it could be. I don't know if they need to work on something. Um, it seemed like Boyle was a, li- a little tired last night. I think he only had around, like, 11 minutes um, in last night. How have game. you felt about him total? The past I think he's games. been fine. Only three games, um, obviously, we didn't really get to see a lot of him on the um the pk in his first game back but um you know I, he, I, nothing really stands out to me is really particularly fantastic or particularly you know terrible that he's been doing um i don't think he's really been too much of a liability but it does seem like it, the the flashes of his veteran like hockey sense are are there like you know the 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 choices that he makes with the puck, the passes that he chooses to make or not to make, um, he seems like he's he's all there mentally. It's just kind of getting his legs back. I think he's he's obviously faster than he is right now. Um, um, I don't know how much his medication might be wearing on him, um, and I'm not holding that against him either. I think he's deserved a spot on the roster. I think he's played better than other guys to to stay there, and you know I think he's shown throughout his career that he is there. Um, 
just waiting to see it a little bit more. I think he's still getting a little bit, you know, comfortable with new team. Don't forget, it's not just, you know, battling um, this disease, but it's also still getting accustomed to a new play style, a new set of teammates, new set of coaches, everything that comes with that. Yeah, that's actually a really good point I didn't even think about. So I, I agree 100%. I actually, I would much rather have him solidifying that bottom six than I would someone from the minors would. And that's that's something I've been thinking a lot about. Where do you see Quenville and Blandisi on this team right now? Because I honestly don't think they slot in better than anyone else. They're great on the second and third line, but at the same time, they don't do one thing better than everyone else. They do everything okay. So they may be a bit better defensively than Brat, but they may, they're not nearly as offensively gifted as him. Or they may be a bit more offensively gifted than Gibbons or Coleman, but they don't kill penalties nearly as good as Gibbons and Coleman. So it's just like, do you really want them in? They're kind of just, I don't know where we have room for them because they're kind of like the next guys we're going to call up, I assume. So I, I think I'm not too sure what we're going to do with them. I don't, I mean, obviously we don't really have a ton of information on when Paul Mary or Johansson will return to the lineup. Um, I would say that it seems like Paul Mary at least will be back relatively soon. So I didn't, even really consider us calling up either of those two guys. Personally, I'm not a big Blandisi guy. I love the way Quenville played this preseason. I think that he deserves a spot over um, Blandisi did Mm -hmm. um, this year. Uh, But it's the same reasoning for sending them down, I think. You know, if they're going to be on the team, you want to be able to give them the minutes that will help them develop the way you want them to develop. If exactly. they're in the minors, they get the, you know, regardless of the competition that they're playing against, they're getting full games. They're getting, you know, all the time that they need to develop their game, to be in that leadership role that we want them to grow into on the big club. Um, and I think playing them 12 minutes a night, giving them kind of shitty minutes or line mates or penalty killing time or whatever it is, I mean, I think they're capable of it, but I think that for the time being, as long as we're still winning and getting points and we're not really, you know, scrounging for more players to be called up, I think they, they're good where they are in Binghamton. And I think that Gibbons and Coleman um, and Wood all play a specific type of role on this team that necessarily Quenville or Blandisi are not going to fill in. You need yeah, guys for exactly kind of grind it out. You need yeah. guys... You know, you notice every time we give up a goal, pretty much that fourth line is out there. And last night it resulted in a goal within seconds. Um, and there's a reason they do that because they know that they can check. Um, they know they can forecheck well. And they know that they kind of do the dirty stuff, you know, the way that kind of Bernier Carter Gianta line that we all know and love from 2012 uh, run. Um, I so them. for the time being, I would say leave them where they are. Um, and if the, the injury situation gets a lot dire than that, we got, you know, Worse problems than whether to call up Quenville or Blandisi um, at that point, I think. So do you trade them for a defenseman? Do I trade them? No. I, I mean, I would trade Blandisi in a heartbeat because I don't really <laughs> care for him. Um, you, a lot of people probably would hate me for saying that. but um, No, I, we, we talked about this. We're in agreement on that. I, I mean, he was, he was kind of found money at one point. It seemed like it was going to go great, and then... Um, attitude issues aside, I think his production also kind of went south, and I think we know what we have with him, kind of similar to a John Merrill situation. 
um, or reboucher situation to at least liken it to a forward. And I think if we called him up and put him on waivers, then nobody would really claim him. So I think that we should get whatever we want or whatever we can. He's never been the the same since he got shot on the ice last year or was it two years ago? Oh, the sniper that was in the stands? Horrific injury. uh... Yeah, the sniper in the stands just shot him in the head. Uh, I'm not not going to be dead horses. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to say... I think Quenville showed a lot more in the preseason, and I think he deserves a spot over him if we do decide uh, to call somebody up. Yeah, if Blandisi had that skill, and uh, he was so young when he when he had those dives, like I get it, you grow up, but he, I see, I feel like he's even regressed in skill. Like he's just, he doesn't seem to be trying. He seems kind of lackadaisical. Doesn't he's not showing like the between the hands, or between the legs, backhand goal like he had against Philly as a rookie. Like he's not showing that skill anymore, and so. He well, might I think, just be more comfortable. I, I mean, I don't want to really harp on Blandisi too much, but I think that between the legs shot is like the definition of Joseph Blandisi. Like that's yeah. what he's yeah. trying to do on the ice, and that's what his mindset is. And it just, I, I don't really think he buys into the team aspect of it of really grinding it out on the boards, on you know, making hits when you need to, and kind of stepping in to block shots, that type of stuff. I don't really, I haven't really seen him do it a whole lot when he has been up with the team. Um, and I think there's a reason he's not on the roster right now. But I really don't want to harp on that. I kind of want to talk about how – I mean, we're kind of running out of time here, but how you see the defense moving forward. You know, watching the game last night, you saw no Santini out there. You saw that how they played um, when they're left to kind of their own devices. Um, and I just want to know what your reaction to that. Who would you like to see in? Is it, you know, Prout's out, Lovejoy in, whatever? Um, let me know what you think. So th- this defense right now is a lot like this beautiful puzzle, like this jigsaw puzzle that you're working with. And, you know, you're making it and you spend time. You're like, it looks okay. And then you get to the last piece and you realize there's about five more pieces missing. And that, that that's how I feel with the defense right now. It's just you have a good group, you have a good core, but you're missing that top-end talent. And you're trying to... What we're doing now is we're taking construction paper that vaguely matches the shade of color of the rest of the puzzle, and you're just shoving it in there with Prout and Lovejoy, and it's just, it's it's not pretty, and that's really what we're seeing right now. So, going forward, I would like us to get a high-end defenseman. I know that that's like wishing to win the lottery right now, like it's not realistic, but idealistically, I see Santini as a really strong shutdown second pairing guy. I see Severson and Butcher as our power play specialists and then I see Mueller as a good third or second pairing guy but we still don't have that 1D who's that 1D like we don't know and we need to get that 1D before we can even talk about being you know a, a contender so to speak I think that's really the next step at this point is being a contender because we're nowhere there yet but I think the, the biggest obstacle is getting that top defenseman and because otherwise you have Santini or Green filling in those that 1D role and Santini, I don't know if he's ready for that yet. If he ever will be ready for that, he's great on the first pairing, but he's not the one D. I mean, that, he, you know, he's, he's probably going to have to be when he comes back. I, I don't think the coaching staff is really giving him an option. It's you're in there, kid. But is but is he or Drew Doughty? Is he going to be you know a Carlson? No, like he's not going to be that. He's going to be a great. He's going to be another Andy Green, which no, is but great. There, there's nothing saying that he can't be that. I mean, look at the way that Adam Larson developed on this team. The first few seasons we're probably would be having very similar conversations about him the way he looked you know in the defensive zone handling the puck um 
you know, he's one-on-one with the guy coming into the zone. Is he coming out of there with the puck, or is the guy getting a great chance? And I think for the, the very beginning of his career, he wasn't showing the same stuff that he did a few years later. I mean, it, this is only – this is really kind of Sandini's first real full season on the team this year. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if we all forget about last year, I say yes, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I you just, can't do much with the roster last year anyway, but I think like exactly. And I I think even if it takes this full year of development for these guys to just have one more NHL season under their belt and kind of develop because I think that Santini is one of the guys who really surprised me coming into the preseason. Um he showed kind of a force that I hadn't really seen from him previously, so I was very impressed with that. Um he's kind of continued that. Um, and I think he's going to step in, but I mean, he's out right now. So who, who, what's your ideal six man defensive unit? Is it, uh, Prout out, Lovejoy out, Mueller out? What do you, what do you want to say? Just for this week or next game? Yeah, sure. Next game. So probably green Mueller. I think Mueller's going to relish in that top six. I think his biggest issue right now is confidence just because he was so buried in San Jose he was never really given the attention he needs, and if he gets that attention, he gets that confidence. I think we can see him blossom into something really good. So I like seeing Andy Green and Mueller, Butcher obviously for the power play. Like you, we will find a spot for Butcher. Severson is arguably. Did you, did you, you think know, that Butcher was at fault at all for that um, that goal last night or the short-handed no. one we let up? That was Henrik, hundred percent. Was Henrik not back checking? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I think that's fair. Yeah, he. Yeah, he could have done a better job, but he recovered well. He actually knocked the puck yeah, off Henry the stick. Yeah, Henry kind of went just... towards who Butcher was defending instead of the guy trailing for the shot. Yeah, yeah right. I don't know why. And, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just these weird lapses that if they moved one way or another, we would have won a game. Like, it's just it's frustrating. But in terms of the six-man, ro- the six-man defensive roster, um, Green, Mueller, Butcher, Severson, just because Severson has – the highest upside right now of of our defenseman. Um, he's he's very very black and white. He's either fantastic or he's awful. Luckily, he's been doing pretty well lately, so I keep him in. And then bottom pairing, I keep um, who's tough one? I guess I guess Lovejoy. Yeah, I know I th- like someone. I said, I thought he played excellent last night. Um, Obviously, he put up the points. He's got to go on and assist. But I think that, you know, he definitely deserved himself another one, especially the way that Prout played the night before. Yeah. I didn't really yeah. understand us going with 7D, so I guess John Hines just hates Nason for some reason. Um, I don't really think it benefited us. I think that, if anything, double-shifting some of our top forwards maybe hurt them on their, you know, true lines. But um, enough about the, the past. Let's kind of look forward to the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I forgot John. I forgot John Moore. John Moore's in there. Yeah, so. John Moore. I think was on your second pairing with Severson. No, it was Butcher Severson. I, I completely forgot Moore. So it's Lovejoy Moore, Severson Butcher, Green and Mueller. I gotcha. All right, I like that third pairing. Lovejoy there. out when Santini comes in, gotcha. and then then we see what happens. All right. So upcoming games this week we have the St. Louis Blues. Edmonton Oilers and the Florida Panthers all at home, all by the time we will record next. Um, I'll ask you the same question I asked you last week. How many points are you happy with coming out of this three-game homestand, and uh, what do you expect from each game? Um, I'd be happy with five. I think we're going to get four. I think we're going to go two, 
Uh, I want to go two zero and one, but I think we might go two one and zero. I want to say we're going to beat Florida and we're going to beat because I think Tarasenko is now hurt. So t- so St. Louis is very injured right now, and I think because we're coming home. I mean, St. Louis has been injured home. pretty much all season. They had That's forwards true. go down left and right, and they're still probably <laughs> top of most of the power rankings right now. Um, given the performance that they yeah. had. I think their last game they came all, away with a 6-4 win at Toronto. Um, so they're they're really yep. kind of running on all cylinders right now. Definitely not the type of but, team that we want to be facing coming off our yeah. worst two-game stretch in, in, uh, yeah, in the season. Yeah, but we also we played against Tampa Bay right after a loss, and we beat them, and they are still top of the league. So I which, think Speaking of which, I was looking at the schedule. All of these back-to-backs that we have, they're like home and away. There's not one except for the one against the Rangers where it's like we're home and home on back-to-back nights. Every single really? back-to-back is like we're That's on the strange. road and then we're home or we're home and then we're on the road. Really strange when I was looking at this guy. That is really strange. Huh? Yeah, we have one against Vancouver and Detroit later in the month too. Home and away. Yeah, pretty much everyone you're going to see. Um, so St. Louis, probably not the team that we want to face right now. Um, Edmonton, the rematch in not our best game. Hopefully we'll have... I think we're going to lose that in overtime or lose it outright just because Edmonton... Is so underachieving. It's going to happen again, like it happened on Friday, where they just end up regressing towards the mean, which for them is coming up, and we're going to be, you know, just right in their 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 sights for that. And then Florida is barely treading water. They had an awful off season. They lost a bunch of key players. Their goalie situation isn't looking great. Their forward situation. I mean, isn't I, I think Luongo's great. always kind of a somebody got to look out for. I think he can stand on his head pretty much any night. Very consistent between the posts, so I, I think their goalie situation is fine. That's if we even see him. Um, exactly. I think it's a 1A, 1B situation, so I think they're splitting yeah. it. But that's the easiest game of the week. It's still a tough week, though. There's no you know, there's no throwaway games here this week, and luckily they're all home. Hopefully Palmieri's back. I don't think Johansson will be back this week. Yeah, like I'm not expecting Johansson. So. The, way, the way these concussions kind of go, it's always... Up in the air. I mean, hopefully it's not as extreme as something like Crosby, where he's out for months and pretty, maybe the whole season. Um, but it's something you don't want to rush back. I think we've all read up on you know Salvador's experiences with concussions and just how much it takes to really get your feet under you. So, I mean, this is still a rebuilding year for us. I don't think there's any rush to bring back Johansson anytime soon. But, yeah, hopefully... Palmieri seemed like it was kind of like a little tweak type of thing. Um, same thing with Santini. So hopefully they'll be back for at least one of these three games, if not um, two or three of them. Yeah, but, and they're um, both skating on their own, so I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I well, think it's... skating on their own with each other, along with Travis Zajac and Mike McLeod. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. McLeod's another thing. We got, we got a whole hour-long podcast in McLeod. Yeah, but... somebody I was very excited about coming into the season, and obviously... We haven't seen anything from him. I think if he wasn't in, if he was, if he was not injured, he probably would have been sent down anyway. So yeah, I think he only had two games to play with us or something. He wasn't that great. And he was on the B squad against the Islanders when we routed the Ottawa Senators eight one that game. So it's yeah, he it seemed like he was kind of in the second unit for the coaching staff anyway. Um, still many many good things to come from him. I mean, it's only really his second um, second season in the minors right now, or expected yeah, exactly. to be. Um, no. But as First, far as, he was in juniors. Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Mississauga, right? Because he's another yeah. one not L- AHL eligible. We'd have to either send him down or keep him. Bastion's in the AHL now, so if anything, that's where he's going to be going next week gotcha. or next year. This gotcha. year. This year, yeah. 
Um, so anyway, my, my prediction for the upcoming, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. Obviously, anything four points or above is more than acceptable, obviously, barring the way they perform. I think if it's more wins like we had against, um, you know, Vancouver, where we're getting outshot like crazy, I'll take the shutouts. But uh, I just mean more in terms of, like, dominating the play. Um, I think if we're on their heels most of the time, I'm not going to be super happy. Um, but, you know, points are points, and we'll take them anywhere we can get them. So um, anything else you want to talk about Devils-related for this week as we're approaching um, the hour mark right now? Um, I think this is a very important week because right after that we have a super tough week. We're all the way at Chicago, Toronto, and Winnipeg, who are all top ten teams in the league, at least for now. And then right after that, you have five games against middle-of-the-pack or lower teams. So uh, hopefully this week gives us enough confidence to run into that second week pretty well, which we can then use to just dominate the last half of the month when we face those those subpar teams. I guess I feel weird saying that because we were a subpar team like three months ago. So Yeah, Uh, I mean, we we might still be a subpar team right now, but we'll let you guys um, see how they perform on the ice. I, I think that... You know, it is it is kind of an important stretch of games after coming off kind of back-to-back losses and not really the best performances recently. I think even probably back to the Rangers game has probably not been that much of a dominant win. Um, so hopefully uh, I'm, I'm seeing something good from them. Hopefully, you know, a little more dominant on the puck. I think a win against the Blues would be fantastic. I mean, it's not really likely given the way both teams are playing right now. Um but I think that they're more than capable of winning all of these games, and you know, hopefully we'll come away with some points. Uh, that's all you can hope for at this point. Just ride it and see how far it goes. And I see mean, how I'm, the, the I'm ride still is. loving the ride, though. I'm still loving the exactly. ride. Exactly. There's so many anyone giving me so much that I didn't expect this season, and I, I'm <laughs> loving every second of it. Exactly. It's all it's all house money at this point. I wouldn't go that far. I'd still, I'm still holding on to a little bit of hope, um, but def- definitely enjoying, you know, the unexpected, you know, things that I haven't was wasn't thinking of. Um, I guess unex- I wasn't expecting. That's what you're brought. Uh, yeah, it's it's been great. Um, so that'll do it for us this week. Um, if you want to email us, you can do so at devilspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, we are at devils underscore podcast. Uh, not really a whole lot on there yet, um, but we're looking to have a little bit more activity. Uh, probably tweeting around some devils news, tweeting during games, just general interaction. Um, anything else you want to add, Joe? And Just make sure you guys take a look at the Jersey Joe Show on YouTube. It's a Steve Dangle-esque kind of show where I just sit and yell at a camera about hockey for about 10 minutes and I record about once or twice a week and it's a it's a fun time it's pretty funny and it's a lot like this show where we just get angry and and talk about hockey so oh, I, I didn't look out think for that. I was that angry this week no I usually <laughs> I'm usually the angry one or the negative one or something I don't know why but all right, all right. I think that'll do it for this week <laughs> see you later guys take care